0: Tejano is a popular music style fusing Mexican, European, and U.S. influences. Its evolution began in northern Mexico and Texas in the mid-19th century with the introduction of the accordion by German, Polish, and Czech immigrants. Tejano music is important to Mexican Americans, not only because it is a part of our history, but also it has kept our identity alive. In the racist times of the 1800s and 1900s, Tejano music was a way to bring Mexican Americans out into the world. You may have heard or listened to Tejano music and not even realized it. Some of the more popular artists are Gary Hobbs, Flaco Jimenez, Little Joey La Familia, Ruben Ramos, Ram Shelly Shelley Lares, Stephanie Montiel, Jennifer Pena, and of course all of you know and recognize Selena. In this episode of the Latino Business Report, our guest is Monica Saldivar. Monica exemplifies the newest generation of Tejano artists. Since the recording of this episode, one of Monica's songs made it to the number one spot on a Tejano chart. Congratulations, Monica. Monica's dedication, determination, and love for the genre is just one example of why Tejano music will never die. Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. And welcome to another episode of the Latino Business Report. Today we have a special guest. I have watched this young lady not only grow up age-wise, but grow up in her career. When I first met her, she was a teenager, and now she's a grown woman who has a very, very successful career. And her name, Tejano singer Monica Saldivar. Monica, how are you today?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I am doing fine. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you had a great Christmas and a good New Year.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's been great so far. You know, it can only go up from here, right?
0: There you go. There you go. <laughs> and speaking speaking about going up, I've noticed. I mean, you have been moving up through the charts. When I first met you, you were just doing little events and little fiestas here and there. But you have really made a name for yourself in the Tejano industry. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a journey for sure since the last time we we've seen each other.
0: <laughs> it, ha- it has. It yes, it has been a journey. Now, in that journey, one of the things that I, I find unique, and it's it's kind of a Latino thing, but it's a, it's also a family thing with you. I've, I've noticed um, that not only do you have a successful singing career, and it's pretty much a full-time job for you in, in performing and singing. You've been moving up through the charts. You're making a name for yourself. But I also see your entire family is there with you. Yep. <laughs> so, from a, since this is a business report, kind of break it down for us, Monica, as far as how the family, how your entire family is involved in this business or this industry that you that you're working in.
1: All right. So, you know, when we first started off, we were just you know learning. All of us were learning. My dad, my mom, my brother, um, and it was you know it was one of those things that we wanted to make sure that as a team, not just as a family, we wanted to make sure that we were strong because we we've always been strong as a family. Um, the support has always been there 100% um, and the belief too, and that this is going to grow. So my dad um, is the one that is the manager of the band. He um, helps with the bookings, he helps with, um, basically he's the one that, that handles everything financial wise as, um, as well with the bookings. Um, my brother, Joey, um, and everybody seems to know him too. So it's like when we go out, everybody kind of knows exactly who these people are because we are always 100% together. Um, so my brother, Joey handles the social media, the multi-digital media, anything that has to do with streaming, um, you know, our merchandise website, also taking pictures and video and making sure that we have content to post and, and, you know, Keep everything pretty relevant. So my brother handles all of the social media and marketing side. We call him marketing.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, He's the marketing department. And
1: then, yeah, he is the marketing department. The one person is the whole department.
0: Got it.
2: Um, Got it.
1: And then my mom, you know, she handles a lot of the bookkeeping as well as the merchandise and the sales. Um, we've kind of recruited my tia Susie and um, and Josie and give a shout out to them. Um, to help with the merchandise and the sales as well. So, um, now there's six of us, you know. So, my aunt and our friend Josie handles, uh, that with my mom. And it's been a really incredible journey with all of it. Um, I couldn't have done it without them. I can't do it without them. I mean, they're an extreme part of what makes everything fine-tune and, and work together.
0: So the uh, Monica Empire is made up of Mom, Dad, little brother Joey, and two tias.
1: Oh, he's my older brother. <laughs> oh, older brother,
0: okay. <laughs> older brother Joey, okay. So you got big brother to watch out for you. Well, that oh, that yeah, is great. Absolutely. I mean, that, and I'm sure everybody really, really enjoys working alongside not only with other family members, but working for such a great, great purpose. I mean, he, this isn't work. I mean, you have fun at it.
1: Right, That's the way it should be. Never. I think one of the best things that I've ever heard is if you find a job that you love, you never work again. You know, And that's something that I've accomplished. And I'm, I'm grateful for that achievement. I think that's the best part of the singing is that we all love it, we all enjoy it, we all have fun. I mean, it's stressful at times. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie to anybody. It can be stressful, and especially being a woman.
3: This industry has been male-dominated, I mean, from the very get-go. Um, you've seen it way before Selena. You've seen it with Patsy Torres, Lara Canales, Elsa Garcia, you know, the pioneers, the women of, you know, the genre that have pioneered and made it possible for us. Um, you know, the people that have pioneered it for me, ultimately, because I am, you know, at a different stage mm-hmm. of life. Different generation. Um, You're the
0: next generation.
3: Yeah, of this generation. So, Shelly Lares, Elida Arena. Stephanie Montiel, um, Rebecca Valadez, these are the artists that ultimately pioneered that for me and for the for the many women that we have in our genre now. So, you know, to come up from a male-dominated genre, and I mean, it's still male-dominated to to some extent, but ultimately to come up in a male-dominated genre And to be, you know, strong and to have the backing that I do with family and with my fans and friends in the industry, Um, I've been very, very blessed. I've been super thankful for the opportunity. Um, Again, it has its moments. It's difficult. It's it's a challenge. But ultimately, if you are doing something that you love, you have to put 100% of yourself into it. And I try my best to be professional and to be on top of things and... Um, and I think it's doing good so far
2: <laughs> so
0: far <laughs> so. yeah i mean you're you're being successful now the fact that it's been a male dominated industry for so long, and the names that you have have put before there are, are moving up and have definitely made an impact, but you have a beautiful singing voice, you have a, a lot of talent you could have gone in any genre any direction white Teno white music out of all of them out there to choose from
3: so um, Tejano music has always been a love of mine as I grew up. Um, you know, me and my brother, we grew up with many different genres um, in our household uh, from rock, country, mariachi, R&B. We had a lot of different influences. And of course being, you know, brought up in the nineties, you know, you have the nineties the pop, the boy bands and things like that. And for me, I never really, looking at the different genres, I never really saw a, a version of myself you know a Mexican American female that you know loved her culture um you know definitely needed to learn the language obviously because I think that was something that was really you know the only thing I felt was missing and I still have to learn it obviously but um
0: okay, so I Spanish, felt you're like you're not that flu- am I understanding you're not that fluent in Spanish
3: I can read it I can write it I can understand most of it. I can sing it, obviously.
0: (laughs) You can definitely sing Um, it. I know that.
3: But the communication, it's always something that's a little bit harder for me to do because I did learn the language a little bit later on in life. Um, And so I have a little bit of fear of saying the wrong thing. There's so many different words to say that could possibly be not the right way to say it
1: so well i
0: th- um, I think there's somebody we all know named Selena that had the same problem, so I think yeah. you're good company <laughs> <laughs> if if she overcame it, I think you can too right. well that's no, interesting the fact the fact that it wasn't yeah it's just interesting the fact that it's it wasn't native to you it was it was more of a second language that you learned later on in life, but yet you were, at a young age, you were gravitated to the music to the language
3: right, yes, and I think the reason why i was I was so Interested and in wanting to be involved in Tejano music is because I saw somebody that looked like me growing up Which was Selena, you know, she was okay. this person that grew up Not necessarily knowing Spanish, but was confident enough to sing it and to perform it and to dance and to really You know bring the people in and bring you know that part of our culture alive um, She was strong she you know, she was fearless and you know, obviously a lot of us artists, a lot of the younger artists, we look up to somebody like that mainly because we all associate with that. Most of us, most of us that, you know, grew up Mexican American, wanting to do music, not really seeing the representation in the, in, in the pop or rock or R&B. So I've always loved hono music because it is a part of who I am. It is a part of my culture. Um, you know, another thing about the Hano music was that the fans were so welcoming to to new talent, to wanting to hear um, new artists sing and perform and things like that. They're always gonna love the classics. They're always gonna love the OGs and the originals, and, and wanting to you know pay homage to that. But they're so inviting and welcoming to people like me who started off as a track singer, and um, you know, not. Too many people took us seriously, I will say that. <laughs> but, you know, the people that did give us an opportunity or a chance, you know, the fans were very welcoming and inviting. And um, that was one thing that I was super excited about whenever I first started singing. Um, so I kept going. I kept I kept mm-hmm. wanting to do more songs in Spanish. I wanted to learn more about the culture. We used to go to fanfare all the time to uh, support another uh, some of my cousins that performed a long time ago with Veronica Yavance, um, which my cousin is Veronica Sustaita, and the band was mostly my, made up of my cousins. Okay. So we were surrounded by it most of the time when we would go to fanfare. And, um, you know, I looked up to her very much as a as a young girl. And I got to meet Shelly Lares. I got to meet Stephanie. I got to meet Elida.
0: Were those your role models growing up? I mean they were there before you, they were in the industry, as you say, being a pioneer and breaking the ice, but did you kind of look up to them and and now you're actually working with them and performing with them?
3: Absolutely, yes. So that's the crazy thing about it. Um, There was one event that was happening, and mind you, I've always wanted to do different styles of music. I've always wanted to not just be in one category, I wanted to do all different types of music. So as I was growing up, there was an event that my cousin was doing that involved all of these amazing women. And it was a mariachi event. So these are Tejano artists singing a different Mm -hmm. style of music. And that really inspired me to want to create music to begin with, because that gave me the green light to be open-minded to the fact that it doesn't have to just stick with one genre. Like you can completely do any type of music, but you also want to make sure that you're, you're subject, subjective to your fan base right? So one of the first artists that I ever got to meet was Shelly Lattis. And I was about, I want to say 13 or 14 years old. I hadn't even started singing just yet, doing little talent shows here and there, but ultimately just enjoying the ride of of getting to meet these artists. And Shelly has always been that person that's, you know, just gung-ho and, you know, says what she feels and she's not afraid to speak out. And She's, I mean, she's Little Miss Dynamite for a reason, you know? <laughs>
0: Definitely. I mean, she, she started at a very young age and got that title Little Miss Dynamite, and the title still sticks. I mean, she is just dynamic on stage, and she is a yeah. powerhouse.
3: And the thing that I love about her is that she mixes it up just as much as I do, you know? And, and ultimately, that's that's kind of what is one of the biggest, biggest inspirations that I have um, is that she's not afraid to do things outside of the norm, outside of what's expected, outside of the category. She, you know, she wants, she has a vision and she goes with it, you know, and, and she sticks to her guns. And, you know, ultimately all throughout this, this time, I, I look back and I realize she's been with me the entire journey of my career from the moment that I met her at 13 or 14 years old to the time that I decided to do the Hano Idol that she was emceeing at, that I didn't realize she was emceeing at, um, becoming runner-up in 2013 and then retrying in 2015 and her being the MC once again. Um, and then to keep moving forward and, you know, always being a fan, of course, but her becoming my mentor to now you look at, how our relationship is, and she's ultimately a big sister to me. So it so went she, from being so a reached, fan to being family.
0: Okay, so she's more than a mentor to you. She's like family. You said absolutely. And so back in 2013, you uh, were first runner up, and then you went back in 2015 and and became what was it, Hano Idol?
3: Yep, Dahno Idol.
0: <laughs> Congratulations! Now you you've um, there's a lot of people. You know Tejano music, Tex-Mex. You know Tejano. I mean, it's it's very um, indigenous to Texas in this part of the country. Do you think there's a future for Tejano music? I mean, there's some people that think that it's say that it's dying out, that it's just it's not going to last much longer. What what are your thoughts on that?
3: I think that Tejano music isn't just the music itself. It's it's a it's the people, right? So ultimately. The more that we teach the tradition of what the Hano music is, and the Hano music is always gonna be evolving. To me, um, it started when I was a little girl. It started when I was. It, it started evolving even more so when I was a teenager, and now, you know, it's evolved into something a lot more modern. And I think there's there's a side of it that you know the older generation is not super keen on having the modern sign come in but then we have to also include and incorporate the younger generation we have to show them that it can be something that's evolving and growing mm-hmm. and things like that um, what I love about the Hano music is that it's not just one thing or another it's fused together it's a melting pot of what music can be and ultimately that's what our people are as well we're we're never just one thing or the other we're a very big mixture of all different types of people coming together for the love of something specific um i think that the hano music will stay alive for as long as the people will continue to tell the stories you know so ultimately it's it's part of our culture it's ingrained in us to continue it and For the people that want to continue to keep it alive they will continue to tell the stories of the greats of the classics that they were brought up on which also will be incorporated in in how they train their kids and how they teach their kids the music so and
0: i and i guess much like you that as they learn about it and watch it and hear it they get inspired by it and then they want to do it as well yeah ergo another generation of tejano singers exactly in a way, I guess it's kind of like mariachi. I mean, mariachi is very specific. It's it's a genre. It's it's something. And it'll never die because of those people that learn it, that hear it, that appreciate it and want to continue. So I guess uh, to your point, the same thing in, in Tejano. Now, Monica, you've been moving up through the charts. And I'm, congratulations. I've, I'm, Thank I, I can, you. I mean, I just beam when I see your name move up on those charts, and I'm going, wow, I know her. She is, <laughs> she's done so well. Now, before the show we were talking, there's one thing that, that really kind of struck me different about you, unusual, if you will, is that you mentioned that you know about the charts, but you really don't pay that much attention to them. I mean, you're a singer. You're moving your way up <laughs> to the top. Why don't you pay attention to the charts?
3: So my reasoning behind not paying t- too much attention. And I, I want to preface this by saying, are the charts I mean, charts I'm sure your brother Joey pays
0: attention to. Does Joey pay attention to the charts?
3: Oh, Joey, of course. He has to. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, his, but that's his
0: job. That's his it's job. That's
3: his job, right? No. But I will preface this by saying, are the charts important to my career and to the rising of that career because it is, you know, fan based and it is you know something that is is put on by the radio stations and things like that absolutely 100%. I will never say that the charts are not important. However, for me as a person, for me as a person that, you know, got into music to begin with, to create music um my main goal, my main purpose that I have is to create music that is meaningful that impacts my fans, that impacts the people in either a positive way or in a, in a remembrance of something that they felt. I want people to feel my music. I don't want. I don't want to just do music out of competition, right? Music is already a healthy competition on its own. It's always going to be mm-hmm. an industry where it's either going up or going down. That's the business side of it. It will always be that way, regardless of my goal or not, right? Okay. I, you know, do I enjoy being on the charts? Absolutely. Do I love? you know, winning the awards, absolutely, or the recognitions that I receive, I will always love that. I feel very blessed to have that opportunity. But to me, those are achievements. They are not long-term goals. My goal at the end of the day is to provide something other people can feel. That is is my long-term goal.
0: And I appreciate the long-term goal, and you're absolutely right. But it's also a business. You have to make money doing it. I mean, <laughs> you got to support your big brother Joey. You got to support your mom, your dad, your Tia. So I mean, the industry. I mean, as your popularity grows, so does the family business, if you will. So, you know, and I know you know this. Uh, you know, the the success. There's a direct correlation to that, and cash flow. Cash flow is important. I mean, this is a business report, if you will. So it is an industry. It is a business within it itself. And how, as a singer, as an entertainer, um, and you have, you're very blessed, very fortunate to have good people around you. I know they take care of the business. Do you pay much attention to the business itself, or are you just more interested in, in in performing and creating music?
3: I do pay attention to the business as far as you know, making sure because it's not just my family that I have to worry about too. It's my guys, my band, my brothers. You know, okay. Ultimately, there's seven of us. You know, and and we've done venues where. I'm happy to say that we've done venues, you know, that are are pretty big for for Tejano bands around this DFW area. Um, We've gotten to do a lot of, um, like, post-cowboys parties at Texas Live over here. We've also gotten to perform at a casino in Choctaw, or Choctaw Casino, you know. So we've gotten to do a lot of corporate things, but also we, we do do parties, we do weddings, we do... Anniversaries, um, you know, ultimately, I do pay attention to how the business goes, but I do look at it more in a sense of how, you know, how can we incorporate more music so that we can get out there and so that we can be multi diverse in our music. Um, But, you know, it is a business at the end of the day, like you said. And we want to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward and what we have, you know, quality. We want to make sure that the quality of our performance is a good experience for the people that want to watch us and ultimately that want to pay to see us or pay for the merchandise or ultimately pay for the music. <laughs> so
0: There you go. So it is about business in a absolutely. sense.
3: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Now, Monica, you did something here in one of your songs. I know that... Um, you personally uh, have a lot of feeling towards this, but you have a song about um, abuse, women being abused. Tell, tell us yeah. about that.
3: So, Soy Más Fuerte is one of those songs that is talking about domestic abuse. Um, the songwriter for this is Jesse Villarreal. He came up with the idea because ultimately he was writing the song about his mom who had experienced domestic abuse. Uh, throughout his childhood and you know pitched the idea to me to see, you know, if I would be willing to do it and talk about it and and speak up about this matter because it's not something that we typically talk about a lot in our culture and in any culture outside of, you know ours. Um, and ultimately, I I wanted, like I said, I create music to to speak to different emotions and to to speak to my audience. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that I did this song justice. Um, you know, we, we got together on this song. It was one of those things that I wanted to dedicate to people that have gone through it, to people that are continuing to go through it. And then to the people that we've lost to the families that have dealt with somebody that they've lost because of it. Um, the song Soy Mas Fuerte, it's, it's talking about being strong enough to walk away. Um, now it's it's never an easy situation not too many people have been able to have the courage to walk away from the abuse itself but it's it's to give hope to those people that are experiencing it or you know have gone through it i've had a lot of people come up to my uh to me at my shows and you know have told me their story or have had them reach out to me on social media And I just want to say thank you, you know, to to them for feeling the courage enough to come to me and to talk to me about it. Um, And I will always take time out of my day or out of my, you know, out of the performance to make sure that they are heard, because ultimately that's what the song is representing, to have a place and a platform for them to tell their stories and to be heard.
0: Well, here from Mission, Monica. What I'd like to do is, can we play? Can we play a little segment of that song for the audience?
3: Absolutely, yes.
0: All right, and uh, you want to introduce it? The name of the song again is.
3: All right. The name of the song is Soy Más Fuerte.
0: Soy más fuerte. Here we go. Soy
2: más fuerte que tus engaños. palabras con las que siempre intentaste
0: Wow, that that is a powerful song, Monica. Thank you. What what in, I, I know you said somebody told you about that, but where do you get your inspiration? I mean, where do you get your your creativity to put that kind of energy into a song and when you're writing songs and creating new ones? Where where does that come from? Um
3: honestly my inspiration on things is my fans. Ultimately, hearing their stories. Ultimately, being able to talk about you know different things that other people have experienced. Now, I do have music that I, I have experienced on a on a very deep level of love and loss and pain. But um, you know, when it came to this song, I wanted to make sure that I was open minded to the stories that I was going to be hearing. From the many different men and you know women and men that have gone through this, it's not just mm-hmm. subjective to women. Um, so, I think the biggest blessing that I have, you know, achieved over the years, um, is just to listen, just to listen to my audience, just to listen to my fans, and to you know bring light to the stories that they have for me, so that I know how to emote that. We all experience many different emotions. Love, pain, sadness, happiness, you know? And that's why I create music, is not not just to feel, but to remember those feelings and to have something to look back on and be like transported back into that feeling.
0: All about the emotions, I mean, how true. and. It seems like every song reminds you about a situation or a time in your life, and your song that hit, what, number seven or eight on the charts, What, which, which that's about, what, I mean, tell <laughs> us about that one. That, I mean, that's that's one of those classic songs that everybody has that experience. Well, not everybody, but most people, if they've lived in for any amount of time, have experienced this. Tell us about that song and what it's about.
3: So I'm assuming this one is Infraganti.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
3: So, okay, so Infraganti is talking about catching somebody red-handed, cheating. Um, and the feeling that it feels when you, when you catch them in this lie, ultimately, you know, towards the end of the song, it's to hell with it, you know? And, and this is one of the first times that I'm being a little explicit. <laughs> But ultimately, it's true. Whenever you're feeling this, you know this betrayal. Ultimately, because that is what it is. You're just like, I'm done. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to feel this way anymore. You forgot. You forgot about me, basically, and so ultimately, this song it's empowerment because I'm leaving the betrayal behind. It's hurtful. I'm in pain because of it. You hurt me. I caught you because you hurt me. But you're hell strong
0: with it. enough to you're strong enough to move on and not get caught exactly. into that trap. Okay. Now, a lot of songs, a lot of songwriters, a lot of people perform things that they had experiences with. Did somebody break your heart, Monica? Is that why? Is that why you you perform that one?
3: Um, you know. I definitely put a lot of emotion. Okay, if I somebody am if somebody broke song.
0: your heart, give me his name and where he lives, and we'll <laughs> take care of it for you. Okay, I can't believe anybody would do that.
3: I mean, you know, we're as an artist, you know, we're we're not we don't get to eliminate that part of our lives, right? You're
0: human. I mean, you got to live. I mean, you're human. Yeah, beings.
3: and so any kind of heartbreak, any kind of love that was earned or love that was lost, we're going to experience that. And just like Taylor Swift, we're also going to perform it. So (laughs) um, that's probably the best part about, you know, performing and singing is that I have reasons as to why I sing the way that I do. Um, If it's a heartbreak, I put even more emotion into it. If it's somebody that I loved or somebody that you know, connected with my song in a certain way, because I do have people that will reach out and be like, that's my song. That song right there is my song. I love singing that song, so I'll put more emotion to it because I remember this person fell in love with this song or this person loves this song because it represents somebody that they care about. So
0: yeah, so, yeah. I mean,
3: I've, I've had heartbreak, but I've also had love and, you know, currently just on my own, <laughs> so.
0: So it sounds like a lot of what you do, you do for your fans. Absolutely, you do for the you do for the love of music, and you definitely do it for your fans. And you do have a lot of fans. Let me ask you this: uh, We're almost out of time. I could just talk to you forever, but is there anything you'd like to anything you'd like to say to your fans? Oh, first of all, before we do that, where can they find your music? I mean, do you have a website? Where can they find your merch? Where, where can they go? And I will list this on the podcast notes. But where can they go?
3: All right. So. You can find me, my music on all digital platforms, so Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon. Um, the list goes on and on. I have two albums out currently. Um, and we also do sell the tangible copies on my website, site. So that's another place that you can get both CDs. Um, as far as my social media accounts, they I have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, most of those are going to be Monica Saldivar Music or Monica Saldivar. Uh, we try to make it easy <laughs> for everybody so that it's the same thing. Um, sure. But yeah, we usually post on the Monica Saldivar Music page on Facebook um, for anything that's coming up for any major shows or um, music release or anything like that. So that's that's the cool part about it.
0: Perfect. 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 Maybe we can get you a couple's. maybe we can get some uh, Monica Salivar merch and give it away on this show here for yeah. our Latino Business Report listeners. Okay, with that, um, anything you want to say to your fans out there? Anything I didn't cover that you'd like to bring up before we go ahead and sign off?
3: I definitely want to say thank you so much for continuing the support all throughout my entire journey. Um, it's been an amazing couple of years. I want to say it's going to be maybe about 11 years. Feels yeah. like it's been a long time, but I do want to say thank you so much to everybody who has followed, who has continued to follow, or who has just joined this journey with me. I want to thank my band members. Thank you guys so much for putting up with me and, and sticking by. And, uh, you know, it's been an amazing five years. It just, we just celebrated five years of being together as a band. And I want to say thank you for that. Um, Mom, Dad, Joey, the Susie, Josie, thank you guys so much for the support and for continuously becoming a team. Um, we have so much more work to do, and we're we're getting there. So thank you guys so much. Um, my family, my friends, y'all know who y'all are. Thank you guys for you know always supporting, always being positive. Um, and I want to say, you know, I am super blessed for all of it. Thank you to my musical brothers and sisters for your words and your support and your advice all throughout. Um, It means a lot to feel among you as a peer. And so I want to say thank you for that.
0: All right. Monica, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Monica Salivado, who's an amazing singer, a talent and just one heck of a human being. I want to thank you for being here today. You've been listening to Latino Business Report. Once again, my name is J.R. Gonzalez. You can find Latino Business Report on all platforms. You can also find us on YouTube. We're starting to put our entire library on YouTube. And to find out more information about Monica and some of the upcoming stuff we have, you can go to latinobusinessreport.com. Thank you very much, and till next time.